when there is a group of death, but don't worry, Costa Rica will handle it. It's not some MLS. <laughs> a North American uh, soccer podcast with myself, Andrew Bates, and Nick Thornton. What's up? What is going on? Nick, it's happened. After it. after decades and decades, after longer than I have been alive, um, Canada has qualified for the World the Men's World Cup. We're going. Yes. Well, we'll think about there's definitely some time to think about exactly where the players are going in a second. But but I think that that for so long, um, and we've talked a little bit about we were we're talking in advance of of the Costa Rica match about like, you know, how much, um, how much we're expecting to banana peel. And you, when we were talking, we're like, listen, let's not put all of our eggs in the basket of <laughs> winning this match and absolutely just waltzing to the tight, waltzing to the, the, the thing tonight. And you came, you are the smartest person in CONCACAF. No, I mean, in all fairness, how many fucking things do I predict that are just so wildly incorrect? So I, got, <laughs> I finally, I felt like I was overdue for some sort of actual insight into something. But yeah, obviously I could not have known. But in hindsight, it really felt like I had more of a crystal ball than I did in that moment. I think that was more of just the, you know, being a Whitecaps fan, being a Canadian fan, you just sort of get used to getting screwed in the last minute. <laughs> Or there at least being another stumbling block. But, you know, not the worst stumble, and we certainly righted the ship at the end there. But, yeah, a little dicey. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, like, I think it's fair to say that, that Canada, whether or not it was, like, a pressure situation um, of of wrapping things up and, and getting things into the right position, um, those two away games um, to Central America were challenging. You know, the... The getting Mark Anthony K sent off, um, which was unfortunate. I kind of, kind of, I kind of feel like um, K probably should have been sent off earlier. Uh, but at the yeah, s- yeah. I mean, it it happens. I mean, my read of those three games, even though one had very <laughs> different results than the other two was just like that's I think the nerves started to to get the best of them at times and and just the decision making wasn't quite as sharp um and also I feel a little bit like the way that some people have talked about this group um and CONCACAF in general right now is like that there isn't really a lot of competition and certainly there's lots of teams that have not had great campaigns but I feel like Costa Rica and Panama are, have always been good teams yes, and have always been difficult to beat. And so that's, that was really what informed my comment more than being like, uh, I don't know. It was just like, these are two good teams that's and true. I don't take it for granted that we're going to get three points off of them. But in my mind, I wasn't thinking like, Oh, we're going to lose both of these games. In a, sense, it's, in a sense, the way that this has all played off has been played out has been very harsh on Panama. Who who has had very good results early on in the process, if I recall, um, and, and finishes out of the top four, unfortunately. Yeah, like just sort of coming alive at the wrong moment. Um, yeah, so th- that first one didn't go particularly well. The <laughs> nope. The however, I think that it's fair to say, um, 
I unfortunately missed the first half because because there was some weirdness. Somebody had announced that their game was taking place at seven, so or at seven my time. So I thought that I had time and I was uh, was celebrating a birthday, and then looked up and saw that it was like at the well, end of the first did half. That, didn't That's we? right. Yeah, I I thought it was at a different kickoff time as well. I I swore I saw a certain time. And just had that in my head, and then it turned out being four hours earlier. So at the exact time that I was like, okay, well, it's about a half hour to kick off, so I'll start getting ready here. And I'm, like, looking for the game, and I'm just like, what? what? Why is it giving me results? So, I mean, look, if I just want to say this. If you're feeling like life is difficult right now and you're not staying on top of things, I mean... <laughs> we are here to be... We're right there with not, you, pals. Yeah, not that we've ever set the bar particularly high for ourselves even, but uh, yeah, we both sort of shit the bed on watching these two games, uh, well, or, I, or certainly the first game. I got the there. Costa Rica game. I, I was there for the Costa Rica game. <laughs> you, I was, you saw, I was nailed you saw in parts. for the Costa Rica game, and then I, right, sorry, and then no. I was able to, for, for the Jamaica game, I was able to, I was at the, uh, the Vegas Family Fun Entertainment Center Bar and Grill. So I had it on, I was able to get it on, um, like in a corner of the bar with sound on behind a, a neon sign that said it's five o'clock somewhere. You are that person. <laughs> get, get the game on anywhere. Like you have the gift of gab to just chat up the right person, get the game streamed. Like if you were in a public bathroom in Tokyo, I'm convinced you could get someone to. Hey, am I getting the game Please? on here just for a second? Oh, come Please? on, yeah, just uh, I've got a Chromecast here. I can plug that in. Um, it just asks nicely, eh? Yeah. So, so this was this was. Um, if Costa Rica is not the 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 romp that people expected, this very much was. Kyle Aaron scoring on the thirteenth minute, um, Tejan Buchanan scoring just before uh, the end of the first half, um, and then two two uh, very um, you know celebratory goals at the end. Uh, yeah, from Junior Hoylet and the own goal from Mariapa, um, and that would end. You know, it was just, it was such a strange feeling. I had been to a, Can- a US, uh, Canada-Jamaica game at BMO Field before. It was a friendly. Mm-hmm. Um, that I think was 2-1? I'd have to look that up. But, um, so I was I was think- thinking of a little bit of that energy, but it really just, the, the mood was so high. It seemed like everybody was really, um, really just having the best time there. And, and really, like, it just... It was a it was a big moment for me, you know. The to think I think that my first national team game that I would have seen probably like back in two thousand six was a friendly against Jamaica as well. And like that whole time to think about all the ups and downs. Um, somebody, uh, mm-hmm. somebody about. I guess there was some minor weirdness where the, uh, somebody had. Uh, for the somebody trotted out, gave the U.S. national team a qualified banner before they had um, fully done it, and oops, and uh, somebody on Twitter, I'm trying to find who said it, described Concacaf as a vibes-based economy, um, <laughs> and like, like that's something that I can only say has been such a problem for the uh, 
This is Kyle Bond tweets. One guy refused to celebrate a World Cup place because, and I quote, CONCACAF is a vibes-based economy, and he didn't want to jinx it. It's like, I could only think of that so many times throughout so many other parts of Canada's men's national soccer history that I have lived through. Like, you know, the getting coming so close with the 2007 Gold Cup, and, and the, the energy at that point was, all right, we'll see you in the hex next year. You're very much... From other yeah. from other fans in Concacaf is like okay you guys are there now, and mm-hmm. they change managers in between that the vibes the that is like absolutely looking in if you look into like some of the complaints people had and some of the the concerns about travel and stuff like that the vibes were so off on that run <laughs> you know yeah. you go into mm-hmm. you know the 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 awful Honduras game and, and even then like the idea of like well something something could still potentially happen and, and how how bad that made our vibes for so long. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's just the thread it's like a thread that, that runs through the has run through the fandom for so long is 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 having these little peaks and then falling back and having these little peaks and then falling back. Um and to be able to see the team, you know, it's it f- fully booked that spot was really, really special. It was, it was the thing that you, it's in a way the trophy, you never, there's no trophy for Felicity first in the, in the qualifying, but, but the, you know, it's the thing, the thing you never got to win and then you get to see it won. And like, yeah, I just think, yeah, no, I think, I think to like, to win the, the group, can we call it that? Yeah. <laughs> I know it's not really, but like to win CONCACAF essentially, yeah. I think feels really good. And of course, it's slightly unusual circumstances and like certain clubs, ha- you know, certainly didn't perform maybe the way they expected to. But like that is always true. Like, I mean, also true is Italy didn't qualify for the World Cup. Like given the amount of talent that's available and i think that there's a number of leagues and national teams that are emerging and really starting to challenge for maybe those sort of like the middle ground contested spots it's shaking things up and canada is also like growing their soccer program at a time where a lot of countries are growing their soccer programs. True. And so to not just be keeping pace with that, but to actually be setting some of the pace, everybody that's talking about Canada is talking about them in the world cup now is actually, you know, being a very difficult team to play against, which, you know, is not going to win you the world cup, but sometimes that's enough to get you through the group. <laughs> like, that's true. You know, it's it's entirely conceivable that, like, you know, a a four or five point run will, well, no, not quite that little. But, like, what I'm trying to say is, I think, obviously, up to this point, we've all been just focused on, let's just qualify, and anything after that is gravy. But, of course, in the process of doing that, we didn't just qualify. Yeah. Like, yes, it got shaky in a couple of those final games, but ultimately it felt like there, it just it was never going to be a perfect run. <laughs> there was just too many pieces missing at various times and and certain obstacles that they had to overcome. But now looking at the group that we have with Belgium, Morocco, and Croatia, it's like, all right, well, let's go in. Let's have a tussle. <laughs> we changed let's opinions. See what happens. They changed opinions about the team, which is so important. Like, like, yeah. like. I think that the next thing 
the next part of the sentence when you say Canada qualifies for the first time since 1986 is um, when they didn't score a goal. They didn't. They scored zero goals and finished last in the group. In the group, that's the new. Mm. That's the new overcome. Is this this idea that you know we in '86? I think. I think. So my question to you is what what do you hope or expect for Canada? The, if anything. I I, from... I hope to um I mean like I I hope they make I hope we make the the um I hope we make the 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 second the second round. I hope we qual- get out of the group. I think that that's I don't think I don't necessarily yeah. think that that's like I'm disappointed if we don't but I'm also like I would like to see a goal. I would like to see a win. I would like to see Canada winning the World Cup. Yeah. Um, but uh... <laughs> I like World Cup final seven <laughs> nil for like, Canada. You, Alfonso Davies hat trick. Morocco, Belgium, and Croatia. Um, at those the two. We, okay, so if you look at the World Cup qualifying, those two away losses at the end. Um, stopped us from from being in in pot three and ended us in pot four and and hilariously we were the last kid picked at the uh, at the yeah. at the at the school at the at the school dance at the pickup game. Um, I don't think I think there was a I think there was a harder group. I think I think Costa Rica got in a harder group than us. Um, I think yeah. that. All of the teams have things about them that are really strong. Obviously, Belgium is the world number two team. Um, obviously, Croatia made the yeah it's, made, was the, it's was a previous a finalist, and and um, Morocco Morocco actually achieved uh, going undefeated through qualifying um, in their group. The so like there's something to there's something to be said positively for all of them. However, I think that. At a minimum, qualifying as a third place team out of this group is possible and and attainable because I think that I think that yeah um, certainly a lot of the punditry around Belgium and Croatia has been wondering whether or not um, either team, despite the fact that they have been like traditionally very good, have aging cores. So. The question yeah. is, can you can you overwhelm them in yeah, that? The, the, in the in the previews that I've read, which you know I'm assuming are written by people with insight who know more about it than I do, um, I feel like Morocco is actually picked as kind of a, the team a bit more like Canada with a younger generation coming through, apparently very pacey as well. Like they kind of sound like a similar story to Canada, whereas as you said, like Belgium and Croatia do have a lot of aging pieces still like some of the best footballers out there, but you know, very good teams, but conceivable, right? Like I I think for me, I, I don't have necessarily expectations, but I agree that like if we lose every game and we don't score a goal, of course I'm going to be disappointed, but I'm not going to say anything negative about the team being like, Whoa, we fucking blew it. Like, no, we're playing three really good teams at the World Cup, and I believe the results will bear out the way they're supposed to. 
After it two would tournaments, be where... really cool to win a game. <laughs> like, be great to win a you game. know, I, I, I'm happy with draws. I'm happy with goals. If we lose and we score a goal, whatever. But like, of course, I want three points from one of those games. If here's here's my thought. Like, like you know, despite having the the really you know Bev Priestman having the really ambitious message for the Olympics, and um, and John Herbert traveling around with a real sword, I guess. Uh, through qualifying, it seems though it seems that they're having a, a more measured take on the the World Cup itself, which is to say, like we're preparing for 2026. You you have to get experience of what the stage is like to be able to perform particularly well on it. So so the goal is to you know show off our team um, to play the best we can and, and to get what we can get. Um, which I think yeah. actually puts us in a much better position to do really well because there's sort of this perfect moment where the energy and momentum from the fans is there, but the expectations are, I think, relatively low still, which means that I, th- I mean, it sounds like, um, you know, the co- the head coaches of the other teams in this group, like are aware of Canada and the threat they pose, but, you never know. Like, to be in a position where you're kind of coming in as the new guy and you're playing three teams that, like, as true as it is that you haven't played them before or not in a long time, that's also true for them. So they don't know. They don't have much experience playing you or each other. And and that's, of course, what makes it all so exciting. Because <laughs> on the day, you know, most of these teams could could win. It, it just, it's got to bear out on the field. God, I'm it's, falling into like sports metaphors now and obvious statements, but I just I'm 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 optimistic in one way, and and this is that that um this is that every both things that I'm I'm trying to describe here are are huge tasks. Don't get me wrong; it's a it's a big challenge to do either of these things. But I just think if you can, it's a tough task to beat. It's gonna be, of course, it's gonna be a tough task to beat Morocco. It's going to be a tough task to get one point out of either Croatia or Belgium. But if you could do both of those things, you are placed fourth, or placed third with four points. You see how the other groups, yeah, um, pan out. I don't see that as being. I I see that as being like you know a pretty good finish for Canada and a potential. Uh, qualification for the knockout stage for Canada. Yeah, and I think that's what I like about our group is that because it feels a bit more evenly matched, it, it's possible that maybe there's draws elsewhere that four points could be enough. Like, it's not necessarily likely, but it, it could be. There's, I think there's there's multiple ways to victory, which is always good here. And... Mm-hmm the thing that Canada has on their side that has been our secret weapon the whole time that I think all of us are now finally aware of is John Herdman is a masterful tactician and he understands his team particularly well. He knows their temperament. He knows when I feel like he has such a pulse on every player and knowing exactly where their head is going to be at in a moment or, or or at least being able to read it in the moment and change things. And it's as much a test for him, I think, and and the next step for his coaching as it is for the entire team. But with all of these elements, it feels like, yeah, the momentum is there. So why not go for it? And if we 
if we fail, then uh, we we fail beautifully, as someone <laughs> once put. That's true. I mean, like, like it, he's definitely somebody that has to be thinking of, of twenty twenty six as well. Um, I am. This is the 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 problem for me too. Is that this is where the rubber hits the road in terms of like what to do about the Qatar angle of things because it's really hard. Um, I had been saying throughout the course of, of qualifying that like you know that this is I will I'm supporting the team in the, in the qualifying sense this is a tournament that I've watched a lot and 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 who knows what will happen of course no great movement emerged to to change the location of the World Cup um, mm-hmm. that's what's it's going how it's gonna go um, it. It continues to be a really tough sell for me, and I don't know exactly how I'm going to handle that because it it is it's still a lot. It's still a hard pill to swallow in terms of um, the way that you know some of the human rights issues with the country, mm-hmm. um, some of the ways that workers have been treated to build the very stadiums in which these games will be taking place. Um, that's something I'm not feeling very good about, and I haven't exactly figured out like I can't on one hand I can't imagine um you know not watching Canada make the World Cup for the first time in a long time but mm-hmm. but I mean I've been thinking about all kinds of there's the maybe this is a there's no um maybe this is a thing where you know there's no uh ethical consumption under capitalism kind of deal but it's just like I'm thinking, like, what if I only watch a Canada game and so don't watch the rest of the games? What if I watch it and don't tweet about it? I don't know. It's just like, <laughs> yeah, maybe I think that's that... all rationalization, but no, it's, but it's I a, just it's also a shitty situation that any normal person I think is going to approach as like, well, I I don't feel good about this, and also like it is happening, and with or without me the World Cup will happen and billions of people will watch it and it will make billions of dollars for all the people it normally makes money for. And, you know, it makes us feel a huge sense of responsibility for a thing that we have no power over. I mean, I, I, I think that obviously en masse consumers have power, et cetera, et cetera, but like, I think people have tried to engage and tried to talk about stories and there just hasn't been enough momentum behind it to really amount to much more than a shrug and yeah i i think i'm kind of in the same place with it where it's like i don't really want to be like supporting this world cup and at the same time like yeah i'm gonna watch the canada games and and cheer it on but I feel like there's so many things that you can question and and we have had to <laughs> where yeah. it's like there's we live in a world of no good options a lot of the time and we, yeah if you're listening to this and you have a thought and you want to contribute to it this is a this is a a conversation that's going to be taking place in I think a lot of um a lot of Canada uh soccer enjoying uh, households between now and September, and um, and we want to hear it all. So, if you yeah, have, and, and clearly, if, like we need some help too. Like if you have, if you have particular thoughts or feelings that can help 
steer us one way or the other. Uh, definitely accept it. Drop us, a, drop us a line because we would love to either uh, read them out on the show or maybe even have you on the show. Um, yeah. it's, it's a, it's a, it's a tough, it's a tough deal. Um, I definitely to to end off, I guess, on the Canada men's segment um, part of our show. Um, I think that like my overall feeling after these games is just like I was so thrilled and so elated at this is if this is the end point. This was a pretty good end point. I just think you know of what it must have been like in 1985 uh, to be like. You know, to to have thought, oh well, we don't have that much infrastructure, but this is going to be a big moment for our game. This is huge. Um, this is so thrilling. If you were there, public, if you were there personally in St. John's, Newfoundland, um, to <laughs> to have all that feeling, and then and then you may not get another one. You know, in for a long time. Yeah. If you, if it's, a lot of people may not get another one. There's there's no. Luckily, we're kind of locked in in some ways, or or people like to think we're going to be locked in. I don't think that automatic qualification for 2026 is as certain as everybody thinks it is. I agree. I don't think that... I think the, the idea of, of FIFA trying to automatically qualify three teams is a big ask from how they've they've managed it previously. Um, but we... We have a much better shot of qualifying for 2026, so I know that's not going to be the thing, but I'm trying this moment, this moment that happened after the Jamaica game, the feeling, you know, as the team rolled into and completed the Penguin game. I'm trying to savor it because yeah. there's not that much. There's not that many of them. That, that, that <laughs> you may not get them as often as you think you would. I thought you were just going to say, like, there's not that much in life. <laughs> no, not like, quite. Oh, maybe I'm projecting here, but I think that it is, <laughs> outside of needing to seize these moments in life generally, like, this is a massive achievement, and I think the, the best thing we can all do is stay in the moment, enjoy the hell out of this ride, you know, and celebrate whatever we accomplish in this World Cup knowing that we have a very, very good foundation set for the future. And, like, that will take care of itself when we get there. But first, we got some big games coming up against some very, very good teams. Like, let's go out, let's show what we're about, let's try to put on a show, and see where we get. Yeah, I think, uh, do we know when the CONCACAF Nations League is happening? We've got group... We got drawn into a group with uh, with with Honduras and Curacao. Um, are those are those going to be taking place before September? So are we <clears> going to get uh, are we going to get some tune up games there? I don't know. The uh, the biennial. I, I this was a New York Times exclusive, but the uh, the biennial World Cup is dead. By the way, they oh. killed it. They. Uh, they, at oh, the same right, time as the draw, that. the the idea of making the the men's World Cup every two years is uh, is is out, which is good because that sounded like it fucking sucked. <laughs> yeah, and, and uh, it seemed like the only people behind it were FIFA, uh, but no players, coaches, fans, seemingly anybody really thought that that was a good idea and that was the correct choice. So now they're like, okay, let's do another competition. Let's grow other parts of the game. Let's. 
rather than trying to make a second World Cup or to, to play the World Cup twice every two years, grow the Women's World Cup. Hey. Grow, grow more of the, con- the, the continental well, competitions. Let's not get too carried away. <sighs> yeah, like that's the that's what I that's what I think. Focus focus more on the other things that you could be that you could be doing. Yes, yeah, so it looks like the it looks like the the Nations League format is it looks like we've got games in June for the Nations League. So those those will be uh Canada plays oh, well what a tune up. Canada plays Curacao in on June 10th, and then on June 14th they play Honduras. So unless they have a a send, I'm sure there will probably be another match. But what a what a send off to the World Cup to play Honduras away is <laughs> the yeah, last. Hell yeah. I guess that's what you want. I think we do. Like I I think that this team also like this team needs a challenge in front of it, and as as much as you know, again, maybe the, the momentum got slightly shaky there. Like, whatever. Like, <laughs> at this point, I think that we just have to drink these big games for breakfast. And, <laughs> you know, like, I love Honduras that. is always a fun time. You never What's one getting CONCACAF once more before the World Cup? Like, I think <laughs> if that's what you need to motivate you into that group stage, then... Sure, why not? Suck it. We gotta back. get the vibes. We gotta get the vibes. Gotta, it's a vibes-based economy, man. <laughs> the uh, the uh, the women's team had a big match. Uh, they were in the midst of two. Um, the the celebration, the never-ending celebration tour. Not that I not not that I'm mad that they're still having games. They should no, no, still no. be having. They should still be having celebration tour games in 2024. I think. I think it should absolutely. Should, no, this is going to turn into an Elton John's farewell tour that lasts a decade. Let's ride on this forever. Um, but also, I uh, I think that it's just like it's they they've they played they they played against Nigeria and Vancouver on Friday. Um, as we speak, that was last night. Um, it was a pretty good game. The uh, it looked like it was going to be something that was real testy, and then it just uh, all popped off for Canada. Yeah. <laughs> um, pretty good crowd. Um, over, uh, over 20,000 people showed up, um, to see the, the goal by Jesse Fleming on the 51st minute, then Vanessa Gilles getting her head on it. Um, Gil, um, it just, uh, the, a lot of emotions all at once for, for a lot, just in terms of both celebrate, getting Vancouver's first chance to celebrate the gold medal, um, Celebrating, this is their 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 celebrating Sinclair breaking the goals record. Um, celebrating Steph Labay, who has announced um, that she will be retiring. That's right. I think I heard that she was retiring for international football, but I didn't realize that she was retiring. Retiring, which she is doing, um, following these games in Vancouver and, and Victoria. Yeah, which is sad. Just a just an amazing goalkeeper. Her story is from from being a. A injury replacement to um, absolutely ice cold stoning out Sweden. Yeah, um, Sweden's women's national team recently put out a uh, a jersey that cheekily has a jock tag that reads "How to Stop Sweden," and in you know millimeter tall font is a is a scouting analysis of like 
the the game plan you would need to potentially have Sweden. And I'm like, did did Steph Lebay <laughs> have one of these last year? <laughs> I didn't realize. I didn't realize they had this uh, had this out this early. I didn't realize um, you held a grudge so well. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that that was fun. The goals were good. The crowd um, looked like it was hopping, so that was good. There was this notion, and I wasn't there. And and you said you told me you weren't there. No, nope. um, obviously, I, obviously I wasn't there because I was in St. John. But um, it, so I can't say this. The feeling of like, what was there enough like supporters group organization there? Um, and there was there was this tweet by Ben Steiner that asked what was going on, and, and a good 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 discussion in the comments of the tweet about like how stuff being weird at the Whitecaps level has led to like a decline in supporters culture or a fragmentation in supporters culture is the people that were being leaned on for that volunteering moved away from the white caps and, and yeah. just because it was tough. Um, I think that the other thing, I think that's definitely like the weird, the, the weird vibe around the, the caps is definitely a big part of it. I think there's also like, I don't want to say like, you know, negative vibes because the Vancouver has always been very supportive of the women's national team. Um, but this was the first game in five years and you've got to have part of it is from the pandemic. Can't be too mad about that, but, but you do have to, I'm going to maybe put that at the door of Canada soccer in terms of the, I think this game was happened pretty soon after it was announced. Yeah, I think that there were, you know, there were people in the comments of that post that were saying like some people got COVID, like some some people didn't go to the game because they have COVID. Yeah. Some people, um, you know, didn't travel from the island or something, and and like the, I have been concerned about like the level of organization at right pretty important times for both the men's and women's national team that it's like people have now been yelling at Canada Soccer about making jerseys and making making jerseys available and, and printing new merch for a long time. And mm-hmm. there now is like now is a bunch of merch for the men's and the women's national team available. And it's all sixty dollar Canadian. People are saying people are saying, oh well we can't like like where are the jerseys? Where are the jerseys? You still can't get a jersey. You still can't get a Christine Sinclair jersey. You still can't get an Alfonso Davies jersey. You can't get a Jonathan David jersey. You can't get the the black jersey that showed up in the GQ men's fashion list. Yeah. You can't get it. It's like, okay, cool. Would you like a, a t-shirt? Would you like a red t-shirt that says Christine Sinclair on the back that costs $55? <laughs> Would you like a, a black shirt that says we can that costs $50? Why does it have a Subway logo on the back? And why does it say Sandwich Artist underneath that? <laughs> well, we, we, when we buy them in bulk, we get a special deal. <laughs> it's just been it's just been so weird. And, and I honestly put some of that on there. Like, like, I'm trying also, you mentioned me being good at holding grudges. And I'm not trying to be too grudgy. But <laughs> the fact that, the fact that for Vancouver... I just think it's like people are wondering where were the Voyagers at in Vancouver. It's like you have to have an active organization. And I think in Vancouver there was a lot of reliance on volunteers 
that were like like basically that that people who volunteer for the supporters groups would be just as willing to like turn around and, and organize for that that group because obviously we all have Canada it's great um but it's just like you do have to play in a place to have fans from time to time like and obviously it's, this totally. game was not poorly supported but it's like there was that weird there was that weird discussion where people were hoping that um the Jamaica the, one of the one of the World Cup qualifying games would be played in Vancouver right and yeah, like yeah, yeah. The, this would have been the one that was in Hamilton, right? People were people were saying, "Oh, mm-hmm. this should be in Vancouver." It's like, "Oh well, we can't. It's not a nice to have. It's not a world tour. We can't like like people were acting like playing a game in one of the major cities where one of the clubs is where 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 support is high was was sort of like an unreasonable ask, mm. and then they went on the on the men's side and, and they didn't have a single. You know, Vancouver came there, and then on the on the women's side, they came in and they had a great tournament. Yeah, <laughs> and 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 that was wonderful. Now, hopefully, that is the basis, you know, for more. Hopefully, that's the basis for more. I can't really speak to what's going on on the ground in terms of like Vancouver supporter stuff. Some of it, some of it is tied up with the rise of Pacific. Some of it is tied up with the TSS Rovers. Some of it is tied up of... with the Whitecaps being bad. Yeah, I think some of it is also like. Vancouver being a fucking unaffordable city. <laughs> like, I mean, I know lots of people have turned their support to Pacific FC for a variety of reasons, but just anecdotally, I know like five or six people that have also left Vancouver and moved to the island because they're just getting priced out of Vancouver. So I think it's not the only factor, but I think a factor in it is also just the ongoing shift of people out of cities that they can't afford anymore and um there's a a ton of reasons that affect people's ability and willingness to as you say volunteer their time to organize things i mean vancouver also just let's face it has always had a bit of that vibe of like i guess i guess someone else gonna get that (laughs) you have me you have me too who left? Who had to leave town? Yeah, because there's no work. <laughs> now that we're talking about it, no, I mean, no, 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 no. It's, I, I feel like it's also the kind of thing that, like, it, it, you could also probably maybe over project its influence. Like, I, I don't know. I think that there is support there. I think Vancouver generally has m- missed out on stuff over the last couple of years because there's either been a reality and or a perception that bc has stricter restrictions and and i've seen that in terms of like bands and stuff like that that will do a canadian tour and it will be like alberta some parts of the prairies and ontario that's where we're playing and you're like okay (laughs) so (laughs) but i don't i don't know all the reasons behind that i i think that there's probably like 10 things that are all true and also as you said like a great turnout, but of course there is a, a bigger conversation about support in Vancouver for soccer generally and and what um, very, uh, various things that sort of take the wind out of people's sails in that. I think that uh, uh, we've, we've heard that there's a possibility that Vancouver is back in the World Cup, is, is, is in talks to be back in the World Cup big book for 2026, so um, it will be it will be interesting to see where where things go with that. I noticed um, that that all started to peak right around the time it like really blew up that Canada was about to qualify, 
suddenly like John Horgan, the premier BC, is out there and he's like, let's get this fucking game. <laughs> I think that one of the things, like, 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 let's not go. I don't. I don't want to to uh, to dwell too long on it, but. Yeah, we will uh, my, talk about MLS at some point on this podcast. My position, my, position, <laughs> my position on this has always been I have no problem with BC getting back into it because I thought that FIFA asked for too much. The government said, um, we are not going to do that. <laughs> yeah. And then I, the, what I said at the time was, is that you've got to get Vancouver, like, like the, the support of Vancouver in the, and the, the people of BC is something you it's treated like it's like something that Vancouver has to get on board with. And then oops, everyone else dropped out. Yeah. <laughs> like, like I think FIFA it's, it's great for Vancouver to get back into this position. If they've been able to negotiate um, more favorable terms, I hope, and, and I hope that's what it is. And I, I hope that is a reflection of the fact that Vancouver not wanting to be in it or Montreal not wanting to be in it. Is mm-hmm. is legit? Is was a legitimate decision based on 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 the business deal they were being offered at the time. Yeah, it's been it's been tough. But I also want to say the before we get out of the Canada thing that all the things that we were saying about supporters shouldn't distract from the fact that there were a lot of fans there last night, probably more than will be there for Portland today. Possibly, um, quite possibly. Uh, the it sounded great, and you know, everybody was really thrilled to be able to show their support and show their love for this team, and 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 shower everybody with praise. Give the big moments to Sinclair when when she was getting subbed off, to Labe when she was getting subbed off, to really cheer for those goals. It was uh, it was I think it was a great night. Absolutely. I agree. Um, meanwhile, in MLS, meanwhile. <laughs> maybe maybe the way to slice this down is, I mean, we can talk about some of the games that happened since we last talked. There's a couple of games that are happening currently. Um, but just sort of like looking at the state of the league from when we last talked, um, top of the Eastern Conference is Philadelphia with 13 points. Oh, wait, that might have shifted slightly. Nope, that's still true. Let's 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 pretend for a moment. Let's pretend for a moment like this. Oh, I guess if we look up, they're going to show the matches that already happened today, huh? And some of them have already finished. Oops. Um, That's okay. I don't feel like from you know when we'll have this up to to later. The is that the teams leading the league right now is LAFC in the West, Philadelphia in the East. Um, just to bring people up to speed, I don't think results today are going to uh, to change that. Um, Yes, could possibly a little bit. Um, but yeah, LA had a heck of a win over uh, Portland. That was kind of my like. I mean, it was one of the few games that I was actually able to watch most of. Um, but it was, I think, probably the best game from last week. I I really enjoyed it. It was sort of like a. I don't know what it is about these two teams. I wouldn't necessarily call it a rivalry. I just don't think they really like each other. Um, It was just sort of like a needlessly scrappy game with a lot of of cards, a lot of cards, definitely some very questionable refing. Um, But it was certainly exciting. Both teams had a player sent off. Um, Chicharito scored a brace. Raheem Edwards had a great game. He looked really good. And... 
And Portland, like, continues to still look, like, decent at times, but it just doesn't quite come off for them. Um, and defensively, not the the hottest outfit in town right now. And their new goalkeeper, I would say it's fair to say, is uh, struggling a little bit. Yeah, it's been... It's been tough to, to put it together for Portland right now. Um, great for the uh, the two alum, a free kick. Amazing. Yeah, I mean, um, that part was good. But if it's a vibes-based economy, they got to fix some of these vibes. The vibe uh, is down, man. The vibe is bad. We, I guess we, we, we rick- ricocheted past the news. There's bad Portland-related news. Oh, yeah. And I guess maybe we can get to that by the end. Um, but then there was also the notion... Ah, oh, whatever. Let's get into it now. The, let's just do it. Uh, let's talk let's about just it. do it. Yeah. So, um, the independent investigation that is not independent that M, uh, you know, MLS, MLS is an investigation into themselves in Portland. So we definitely, even though we had it, with with response with relation to the anti domestic um, violence accusation, uh, and specifically the concern had been in that case. Uh, I don't want to, we're not going to go, this is a, we're not going to go into it in detail because, you know, for a trigger warning basis, you know, we're, we're going to try and not get too far into it. But the, the, the question was, did, uh, did Portland people try to, um, induce, uh, the, the partner of Andy Polo to, to drop the charges? Um, I think it's pretty clear they did, <laughs> but like. They were able to to split the hair that oh well they didn't try to induce her with money, um, or yeah. like no no tangible benefit was offered. So they they and they also pulled the same thing that happened in the Vancouver Whitecaps situation, um, which was that uh, which was that uh, which is to say oh well they clearly did some shady stuff, but they didn't know it was shady. Yeah, they couldn't have, they're sort of they're, like, well, nobody's guilty, but we're going to fine you. So, were, so we look like we're doing something. We're fining you despite there being no wrongdoing by anybody that we can point a finger at, but we're still punishing you a little, sort of. There is a there were there are definitely rules against this in the Constitution. You did break them, but you didn't know about the rules when you broke them, so it's fine. I think Inter Miami faced much harsher penalties for signing one too many DPs and spending yeah. too much money than Portland will ever face for whatever the hell went on there. But the, um... it, I'll also just note that we talked about it, but just reminding folks that Don Garber came out in support of Merritt Paulson publicly before the investigation even started. So, you know, it also helps to have friends in high places, I think. They had the... Uh... The the amazing tweet. Oh, where is it? I've got to find it. I can't just I can't just put it. The the Portland anthem singer tweet. Yeah, um, Madison um, Shanley. Madison Shanley uh, did the great work. Every the from one fan base that's dealing with this to another. Um, Portland, you're doing great. This sucks. This sucks. But continuing to show the 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 they knew um, sign in the in the stands. Madison Shanley uh, stepping up to, to sing the anthem and revealing a they knew red and white tech shirt. It yeah. sucks that all this has to be done, but I'm just, you know, I'm uh, I'm in awe of, of the bravery of a move like that. 
Um, hats yeah, off. To be, yeah, absolutely. Madison, thank you for doing that. Um, and, and continuing to talk about it too. Like it, uh, there's a, a huge amount of the supporters and supporters groups that are continuing to, to talk about this and to try to do whatever they can to try to hold the club accountable. And uh, I think that's, that's all we can do. Right. And, and let's be, let's be honest. Like as fans, it's like, that sucks. That sucks to do. And it is hard work. And I, I really appreciate everybody from any team that does it, does that because it's like, it's this weird thing that like we feel like held upon to do when it's like, you could be watching moon Knight or something. And you have to uh, protest uh, against the people who make the thing you like to not to be fucking assholes. Yeah, to just like follow <laughs> follow all the rules that they agreed to and they put in place. Like, yeah, yeah. Um. So vibes cool. vibe, vibes bad vibes bad. Um. Elliot Chicharito. Uh. The for for the galaxy. Um, I, I didn't feel that there were a lot of good games like LAFC, who, who, as you noted, are at the top, um, had that amazing game against Orlando in the rain. That's true. Yeah. That was a, that was a good one. Um, lots of action in that one. Pato got off the board. Um, uh, well, he sort of got off the board twice cause I think he scored an early one that was ruled offside. Um, Brian then, Rodriguez got the first for LAFC with sliding onto the cross in the area. That's how I was like, oh, it's wet. Yeah, yeah. Also, it helps when you have Carlos Vela just, like, hitting <laughs> passes on a fucking dime. So annoyingly good. Um, yeah, and then Pato finally gets his goal. Beautiful little volley. Um, and then I feel like, although Orlando did win this morning and are second in the East... It still gets pretty sloppy at the back at times, and it's just the giveaways. Like, I feel like as good as or- Orlando can be at times, they're still their own worst enemy. Like, full credit to LAFC here, but also I feel like Orlando just gave the ball away in some really poor moments and, and just had some messy sequences that um, allowed them to, to lose hold of this one. But also... You know, this goal from Ilya Sanchez that makes it 3-2. Um, and then Opoku's final goal. Like, it just feels like the wave of LAFC is always going to break at some point and just kind of, like, tumble you over. And so it wasn't maybe Orlando's best game. But I thought it, it was a good showing from them against a really good side. And, and maybe the results um, look worse <laughs> than the actual game was. But Orlando has been an interesting team to watch this season. Another banger, Cincinnati Montreal. What a that I don't know that that's, uh, that that's one that you would circle on the calendar as like, oh man, this is gonna own. This <laughs> is gonna be the best game. I mean, at the same time, if you told me in advance of the game there's gonna be seven goals, I'd be like, yeah, I can see it. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you're saying. You know, right? Like, sorry guys, but um, yeah. The uh, that was that was very fun. You had in that game, um, Powell plays it in the center, and, and Vasquez plays it on the ground so coolly, slots it in at an angle. Victor Vasquez still really good, um, but Georgi Mihaljevic uh, works hard. 
Victor Vasquez works hard. Georgie Mihalik works harder, unfortunately, in this, <laughs> yeah. in, this, in, this uh, in this particular case. It is true, though. Vasquez has been has been very good. And, like, also, just if you haven't been paying attention, folks, I'll remind you there's 14 teams in the East. Dead last is not Cincinnati. They're 10th right now. So, like, you know, <laughs> they're scoring goals. What's their goal difference? Minus six. They've scored eight and given up 14. Well, that's not amazing. Uh, that's, but better than you, that's better than usual. It's better than usual in an eight-wooden so, spoon territory. So Cincinnati Cincinnati scores. Mihaljevic equalizes. Cincinnati scores again through Baji. A weird, a weird uh, scramble in the front. Mihaljevic uh, equalizes for a second time. And then in first half stoppage time, long ball goes forward. Kai Kamara uh, scores it to give uh, Montreal the advantage. We're talking about... Three two at the half. Then there's the uh, the penalty. Acosta scores it for Cincinnati to tie it up. And Kamara, the ball is the Kamara sends the ball kind of across the area. The ball is nudged away by the keeper, and Torres finds it to give Montreal the road win. I don't know. Oh, I just lost my train of thought. Well, that one's gone forever. <laughs> Kamara Mihailovic. Penalties. No, it's it's truly just gone for me. This is but what happens was... when you have multiple tabs open, both in on your computer and in your brain. <laughs> but that was really good. That, that was another uh, great game. I also quite enjoyed. Uh, as much as you would, as much as is, you know, it didn't have as much as it ends in a tie. You have, um, I think that. One of the classic memorable ties, especially if you were there in attendance supporting San Jose, would be San Jose-Austin, where Maxi Rudy scores this amazing goal that you sent me instantly, which was the correct move. <laughs> I thought you'd like that one. Yeah, it's an amazing goal from him, and now he has the distinction of being the only player, or the first player, I guess, both, um, to have scored for all three Texas clubs. Oh! The king of Which Texas. I don't know that any other accolade comes with that, but I think it's interesting. Do you get to have the cannon at that point? <laughs> I think so. Um, the uh, the the one have they been have they been have they dealt Austin into the the cannon rivalry, or is that still just Houston Dallas? I think it's still just Houston Dallas. I mean, uh, I think they're trying to make it more of a thing. I just don't think the supporters groups can all agree on what they're going to call it or how they're going to, like, package it. I could be wrong, though. I haven't really followed. you got to love the Yeah, they had this name. Like, what's the best rivalry name? And here we are being like, what's the canon? What, what are they doing with the canon thing? Yeah. <laughs> Although, um, it, interestingly, all three clubs, I mean, I know who's above and below the playoff line right now doesn't really matter, but all Three teams are above the playoff line in the West, so good starts. Yeah, um, I'd say they're all fairly equally matched. Um, the, oh, the the point I was going to make as well is uh, it wasn't necessarily a notable game that Houston beat Inter Miami three one, but um, it was notable because Houston had not won a road game in twenty six games. So. Wow. <laughs> Speaking of favors uh, or fortunes changing, um, I, I feel like Houston has has really started to like piece some things together, um, and it's maybe not like all there, but I'm excited. I feel like Houston's been a team that has consistently underperformed at least since we've done the show, 
And mm. so to see a Houston in the mix that's like, okay, they're maybe not the best club, but they're defensively much better than they've been. And all of the offensive parts that have been good have, are still good. So, like, it'll be interesting to see. And now that they can win road games, sky's the limit. Uh, you can't beat Fafa Pico. I do love that um, the the commentator was saying Griffin Dorsey's name, and my girlfriend was like, "Is this guy saying Gryffindor?" Gryffindor. I was going to say with San Jose, the 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 memorable part was Cade Cowell. You yeah. you you're you're down uh, you're down two goals at home, and then Abobasi scores a gets the penalty, and then two minutes later Cowell. Uh, finds the ball on the floor in front of him and gets the tying goal. So, great work. Death, taxes, and San Jose scoring goals and not necessarily winning the game. The moral victory is the most important kind. Ex- yeah, exactly. An actual victory... Uh, well, we can, we can maybe deal with these twice. These both... Uh, we had two different 1-0 road wins... Uh, in second half stoppage. I know one of them. Uh, we had DC Atlanta with, uh, with the header in off the corner. And we had new, we had, uh, what looked like an own goal in second half stoppage at New England, New York, uh, Red Bull, which is yikes. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, that was the, like added time actual dying seconds and then it was just like a weird ball that came in i think it was off andrew farrell's leg and i don't even think like it sort of ricocheted off of him more than it really being like a true own goal <laughs> like just sort of was in the fucking way in the wrong way um this was given as a pollster on goal put the ball on the goal folks which is also notable because as we speak the game wrapped up a few minutes ago but inter miami just beat New England as well, 3-2. So New England hasn't had the oh, best start to the season. Yikes. Um, you know, Hangover. which neither has Seattle or so like or Portland. Like, it, it can happen. It's fine. But it really hasn't been very good for them, especially defensively. But I, I haven't seen the Miami game, obviously. But I feel like so far for New England, what I've seen of them is it's not that they've, like, collapsed or are suddenly bad. It's just, like, it's just not happening for them. Like, this, and that game sort of exemplified it, where it's, like, anything that can go wrong will go wrong, and literally the dying seconds of a game that would have been a decent point and, and a good showing against Red Bulls suddenly turns into another loss. Um, we'll see next time if I update this a uh, appraisal based on the Miami performance. The the Atlanta League goal was across uh across a corner in for Brooks Lennon headed in by Moreno. Right. I think I also saw um Alonzo also suffered an ACL tear in this game, which is not good. Um obviously a player that has played villain a lot of times in BC place, but we don't like ACL tears on this show. So also, uh, Alonzo, we hope you uh, have a quick recovery with that one. Um, Joseph and, uh, Joseph has surgery. Yeah. Oh, he he had surgery. Last yes. I had heard, he just was having his knee looked at. He got he got junk. He's got junk in there. They Farts. took the junk out. Oh, is it uh, like scar tissue? Uh, clean out debris in his right knee. That doesn't um, sound good. <laughs> uh, six to eight, 
Six to eight weeks. Okay. So he's not, not... It's not like MC... It's not an MCL, but, um, but I'm sure the moment that they said Joseph's getting his, his knee looked at, everybody's, everybody that was a Atlanta supporter sort of like tightened up. And, and also fans of the league because, you know, obviously it's great to have him there and, and we were... We were enjoying his return following missing most of the season. I also think it's not a shock to anyone anymore that, like, clearly we are fans of chaos in this show and, like, <laughs> kind of villains as well. Like, if you're a heel, eventually we're going to start to, like, respect you a little bit. <laughs> so, That's what happens with heels. Um, we, we started – when we started this show, I especially hated Joseph Martinez. And now I'm like, I love that guy. I got all the time in the world for Joseph Martinez. Every all the other villains leave, and then all you have is the is the is the one you know the best. Um, you mentioned Seattle; they did get the win against uh, Minnesota. Um, the the Joel the Joel Paolo goal that one. I don't know between that and the the Arudi goal which one I would take. They're both very they were both very pretty. Yeah, I I feel like Joel Paolo just that's the kind of goal he always scores. Like he can't just punt it in. <laughs> unspectacularly it always has to be traveling at a million miles an hour and off of an insane volley um he likes scoring goals um and then i felt like yeah minnesota didn't play terribly st Clair had a great game um but they just kind of got caught out on a classic seattle give and go that eventually sees uh jordan morris streak down the left i think he just ends up hitting it off of a defender as well Another um, defender on goal here. Yeah. It can happen to the best of us. And then it was a, a late PK that gives Minnesota some hope. Reynoso, wrong foot, Stefan Fry. Um, I thought there were some late chances for Minnesota. Um, however, was not to be. You had Philadelphia at home against Charlotte with the, get the big goal four minutes in and then get its, uh, this is another, you hate to see it. Um, but it, but it also, again, happens to the best of us when we're, everybody's, Carranza gets the goal on four minutes. Gazdag on the first, in, on 46 minutes, so I assume that means the beginning of the second half, um, gets this, the, it's just, Philadelphia are pressuring the defenders for a good while before it. It's not that it's just one slip up, but they're doing a lot, you know, Charlotte is in possession in their own half. Um, trying to play the ball across the back. They're getting harassed. And after a couple of touches, they finally, uh, they finally find the, the Philadelphia finally gets the slip up they want and gets the second goal to make it two nothing. They will do that to you. And, uh, Charlotte, which really needs a new acronym for their name. Cause it just, <laughs> if nothing else, it's hard to remember that their name is Charlotte when you see CLT, but, um, yeah, Char. Cha. Is there a Cha in the league already? Why don't, don't they just say so. Cha? Cha. Yeah, that would work. That would that would do just fine. Anyway, um I yeah, I feel like that kind of I'm all for playing out of the back and then there's the like, okay, you're going to have to be a little bit more sure-footed on the passes if that's what we're going to be doing. Uh, especially when you've got Philadelphia lurking in your end. But I also feel like this is, that's what Philadelphia does to teams. They, they would just grind you down and then take their opportunities and make no mistake about it. So, um, I feel like from what I've seen of Charlotte, it's like 
do I think that they're going to suddenly have some mid-season resurgence? Like, probably not, but a serviceable team. Vancouver finally gets the first win of the season. (laughs) Speaking of surprises, the biggest surprise of the week for me was Vancouver not screwing themselves against Sporting Kansas City. (laughs) Well, uh, Kansas City is is only two spaces above them. A lot of... Which, like, if you look at the standings, there are a lot of teams lower in the standings than you would expect so far in the in the early going. It's it is the early going, but there, this was uh, I feel this like was the Western Conference right now outside of the two LA teams looks like flipped from last year. I'm um, one from San Jose as well. Like Portland, Kansas City, Nashville, Seattle, Minnesota, all currently below the line. This that's true. This was this was playing head to head with WrestleMania Night One for me. Sure. Uh, so, so I had it on a tablet, and I was constantly looking back, like, "What's happening? What's happening? What's happening?" And I was lucky enough to catch the second half goal from Ryan yeah, Raposo, yeah, yeah. getting Which, his first. I think, like, my major takeaway from this game is obviously it was a great. Just we needed a win. We got a win. We always seem to struggle against Sporting Kansas City. I thought they were incredibly wasteful. I thought Peter Vermees would not be happy with his team. After this one, I don't know if he was or not, but I thought they were pretty disjointed from what they usually bring. And we hung on. And then, yeah, Ryan Raposo just sort of completing his run and poking at home in his first MLS start. His first MLS goal felt really good. Um, And just because I want to be fair and credit where credit is due, and I've slagged him off a lot, I thought Lucas Cavallini had another fantastic game. That's (laughs) right. I can I can also admit when a player is doing well. I've really really liked what I've seen from him. I think he got his contractual yellow in this game too for something that I I don't really think that was deserved. I feel like overall the yellows still are happening, but <laughs> maybe they're just always going to happen. But he's been a lot more focused on like what his job actually is and I feel like it's pressure from him and and he's a part of this goal as well and the most positive thing that I saw was also his reaction to the goal like there's been times where the shoulders have been a bit slumped and maybe the work ethic at times has dropped off but this year to see he's fully invested in his teammates he wants to see a player like Raposo get the goal and to see him celebrating it is a genuine joy for the kid I think is for me was just really good to see that Cavallini's head is clearly in the right space and he always plays the best when he's enjoying himself. When he just gets when he plays a little bit more freely and, and isn't so focused on just trying to get under the opposition's skin that and when he's playing positively, that that seems to be when we really get the best out of him and that's what we've been seeing so far. So although it's not been an electric start to the season for Vancouver it was a great win, and I feel like it bodes well that Lucas Cavallini is playing well as well. Um, one of the teams that you'd think would be doing better, um, as much of a surprise as anything to see below the line at this early stage, New York City losing at home or losing away in Toronto. Yeah, New York City, Toronto, always a game, always a game I look at heavily with the with the history in that fixture. Of course. Yeah. And overall, I've been pretty impressed with um, Bradley's sort of new look TFC. Like, it's not perfect, 
But I thought this was a really big win. Um, okay, also we should mention, of course, the, the refereeing decision that it could have been a draw because uh, immediately after the game, pro referees came out and were like, yep, yeah, there should have been a penalty given um, Jesus. For, for New York City. So I don't know. I watched the replays with the angles that they showed. Apparently there was a different angle that showed more of it. I haven't seen it, so... I'll I'll trust pro referees in their after-the-fact assessment. Uh, it's disappointing, but at this point in the season, you know, it's going to happen to you. Um, <laughs> VAR comes for us all. VAR comes it for seems. us um, So it's, it, it's, it's maybe an unfair one, but I also thought overall Toronto probably played the better game. Um, Iber does pull one back late for New York City FC, but overall... You know, Toronto's grinding out performances. They've definitely yeah, looked a, l- a little bit shaky at times. But overall, certainly from the Chris Armis experiment, just the defense being much more sound. Uh, clearly, Bradley's still trying to figure out the exact configuration of players and how to get the best out of them. But to see them getting good results like this, especially with so many young players, I think... Um, you know, it, it can only bode well for Toronto's season, even if uh, the, the win is maybe a slightly unfair result here. But work ethic was there. We some of the the, the other results we had a, a nil nil draw with Chicago and uh, Dallas. We saw uh, Lalas Mubukar dives in with the header to equalize to make it one one Colorado RSL. That's right, late late goal from Mubukar there. And uh, and then we also have the the Columbus Nashville game, which had a, a a a goodbye at the beginning. That's right. Federico Iguain signed a one day contract to end his playing career with uh, Columbus Crew, which I thought was kind of a nice send off and also a nice way to not be remembered as your last contributions being for Inter Miami. <laughs> he got to play with his he got to play with his brother. It was. Uh... Um, he had four appearances for for Inter. Right? Yeah, you you don't necessarily want to uh, retire as a uh, retire in, in pink and black if you uh, if you can help it when you have had you know eight seasons with such success in the uh, uh, in the past. You know, he came in with the he came in with the league. He, he won newcomer of the year in twenty twelve. Um, Scored 11 goals in 2013-2014. Was a big part of the uh, run to MLS Cup. Final. Absolutely. It also just, I mean, obviously we haven't said his name as much in the last couple of years, but it it, it is another sort of iconic MLS player from that era that, you know, it's sort of like as each one retires, you're kind of like, oh man, you know, like the Nick Romandos and the Iguains and... Uh, BWP, like it's it's sort of like wait, is BWP actually retired? Is he still playing? <laughs> yeah, the, he, who, who am I thinking he'll of? Be around the, Wanda, the Wandalowskis, like um, yeah, yeah. So he never quite he never quite made it to the point where he um, where he was you know the the golden boot winner or anything, but he was a really strong you know part of that team um, that made it you know the. The unfortunate team that got uh, the the one that that got less than not less than they deserved, but the 
the 2015 Cinderella run of Portland Timbers to MLS Cup uh, punished them in the in the in the final. Mm-hmm. BWP did retire this year, in fact, not too long ago. So we missed that one too. <laughs> well, respect to legend, we might have. I kind of think we did. We might yeah, have maybe about we it. did talk about that one. Um, but yeah, the um, bye bye, Iguain did great. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, it's a, an amazing career and, and certainly contributions to MLS. Like, obviously, most of what we knew him for was playing against teams and players that we liked. So <laughs> I can't be like our hero, but a, a, clearly an incredible player. And, and his contributions are, are many. And certainly for Columbus, like he, he will always be an icon there and, and helping them, especially th- through some really crappy moments for the club. Um, that's true. So... I think that that's always going to be a big part of the the emotionality behind it. Um, do you have anything else? You any other news or notes? I got no other news and notes. Um, obviously, as we're recording this, there's games happening. Not that it really matters to update you on those things at this point, but Montreal is currently up over the Red Bulls in the 85th minute. So, just for posterity's sake, we'll leave this here and see. Well, Montreal finally hold on and not give up a game. Well, I guess they won last one, but yes, you, they could they could get that continue their away streak. That's I would uh, I would say uh, you know this is the the big attention will be rivalry week, so we'll be able to check in. You know what happened with Vancouver and Portland, El Tráfico, uh, which I gotta say I'm kind of looking forward to, like the way those two teams are playing. Like I'm gonna be watching the LA game. That's right. Do you think that Charlotte Atlanta is going to uh, is going to be anything? Do you think they're gonna <laughs> They're going to really forge a rivalry out of that one? You never know. You never know. Um, possibly not. Well, I also feel like that's that's one that, like, you know, Charlotte could go in there and do something. Until next week when we find out what happened in Charlotte and Atlanta, where can we find you online? You can find me online on Twitter and Instagram at That's So MLS. Of course, you can find this podcast at thatsomls.com and on the Apple Podcasts store thing. But whatever it is, you can find it there and other places you get fine podcasts. The online marketplace. The key performance indicators. Um, where can we find you online? Hyperlink blocked. That's not true. Um, you can find me <laughs> online on Twitter at teambates, www.team-bates.com. And... Until we until we uh, see each other next. Until next week. Um, don't get sent off when your team already has the man advantage. <laughs> you don't need to. You don't need to equal it out. You don't need to. You don't have to have the same number of players on the pitch if someone's already been sent off. That's nice of them, though.